nothing, 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 nothing you could do. Straight up. There's nothing you know the boy says. There's nothing. I don't know why you want to play with it. There's nothing you could do. We are back. Savage Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Chad George. As always, with the real boss, La Hefa. What's up? What's up, TJ? How's things? Good. Good? Yeah. Good. I'm excited for the show today. Um, it's going to be our first show with multiple people on it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, UFC 229. I think everybody's talking about that right now. But uh, it's really cool. Today's show, we have a couple different uh, different fighters that we've come in from different stages in their careers. And we're going to talk about just not only what their take is on this, but also how they've gone through their journey and how this impacts the sport through their eyes. It's really interesting when you hear so many different people talk about what, what happened uh, that night and what's gonna happen. And it's always good to hear from people that are involved in the sport game instead of just you know these keyboard warriors that everybody uh, is out there. Because uh, I'll tell you this, it's pretty funny. I did, a, uh, I did a post and I talked about you know my opinion. And my opinion was just that I've been involved in the sport for a very long time. And I did a uh, Facebook and Instagram thing and, and oh my God. Like the the uh, the responses that we got were fucking insane. It, it was pretty crazy. I mean, the people I, I got called a, a, a racist, a bigot, all kinds of stuff, and it was because some people thought I was taking sides. But what was interesting is my post and people were interpreting my posts as me taking one side or another. And all all my post really was was saying that it was disgusting. For those of you that were living under a rock and didn't see the fight. Uh, it was uh, Conor McGregor versus uh, Khabib, and we're talking about the, the post-fight fight that happened during the event. So uh, first, let me uh, introduce my guests. Uh, first, I have Jared Papazian. He is a veteran of 34 professional fights mixed between boxing, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, and MMA. Um, he is a three-time UFC veteran, and he's only 30 years old. What's going on, my man? Thank you for having me. Everything's good. Everything's good? It's good to always be here be in your presence awesome um i've known jared for for a very long time uh since he was a little kid uh in the fight game in di- uh, when we're wearing diapers yeah, uh, <laughs> in his early 20s i think he still might be wearing diapers now uh when he comes and tries to train but uh anyways awesome to have you on the show jared Thank uh, you. give the viewers just a little bit of uh, of your background and you know um your involvement in in the sports yeah absolutely i've been in the game uh professionally for 10 years I started training when I was 16 years old. Um, how I got into the sport was uh, I was in high school. I was on the Frostoff football team. Uh, one day after practice, one of the uh, teammates was going in our lockers, jacking people, and I just confronted it, confronted him, and he didn't like what I had to say, and we got in a fight. I ended it. He didn't like it. And then a month later, he got all his older brother friends. I was in 10th grade at the time, and his brother's friends were like seniors and that's a big age difference as you know in high school they're much bigger and he got like 10 12 guys jumped me in front of the movie theater in Willow Hills and fucked me up really bad and um, I didn't like it you know I felt really embarrassed it was like 50 people watching and everybody from school I didn't like it so it's like I wanted to do something about it I started training my initial goal was to you know mess them up one by one but it never happened and uh, just started falling in love with the sport the sport wasn't how it was today and 
it wasn't cool, you know, the fighting, the fight game back then, you know, back in uh, 04, 005. And I uh, started training and started fighting and fell in love with it. And I started, you know, made my pro debut at 20 years old and then made it to the UFC at 23 years old. And I'm 30 years old today, trying to work my way back to the UFC. That's awesome, man. Um, I know, I know I've watched you grow from all the different levels of the sport and it's really cool to see you you still at it and just watching you um, transform and become not just a, a better fighter but a, but an incredible person over the years so uh, stoked to have you on the show can't wait Thank to get you. into this stuff uh, my next guest is Chase Gibson uh, El Huero he is uh, a veteran of Combate Americas he's got nine professional fights he's been fighting uh, for a very long time not just in MMA but for Muay Thai as well He's a young buck of 28 years old, a, a top prospect in the sport. What's up, Chase? What up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Good. Glad good. to be here. Awesome. Stoked to have you. Um, I know a lot of your story, yep. but people don't. So uh, give them a little bit of rundown on uh, who El Weto is. Uh, like you said, I'm 28. I've been fighting as a pro since 2014. Um, I got into the sport pretty much you know taking a page from my twin brother Cooper he was um you know I seen the change that 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 happened with my brother we both you know at an early age were very involved in drugs and and you know just things were not going well in and out of jail drugs overdoses gangs all that shit it was completely ridiculous but like I said we had both gotten sober. I ended up falling off the wagon. He stayed sober. He started training. He, he turned pro. He was winning fight, winning fight, living the life that I was, you know, admiring. And at the heart of it was MMA with the discipline and everything like that. So eventually, you know, I, I tried, I started to train and, you know, wasn't really consistent, but eventually it was enough of a passion to really like, you know, take over my life. And, um, since then, you know, every day for the last probably almost eight years, I've been training. And um, what I realized now, and a little bit back then, but really what I realize now, what I love about MMA is the, um, it gets me closer to God, right? Fighting fears and, 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 and being consistent and, and dealing with the mind and, and everything like that is, is the reason that I fight. And uh, yeah, man, I'm That's glad awesome. to be here. Awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to get you guys' opinion on, on all this stuff. Uh, everybody that knows me, I'm a, I'm a big believer in mindset and what, what goes into uh, who we are and what we are able to become by overcoming challenges and things. And uh, I think myself being a, a martial artist, and I'm, I'm very big on what, what MMA can be, you know, the martial arts. I, I look at things as... Um, testing ourselves to the fullest ability you know fighting allows us to truly test who we are every single time we go out there we're challenged we're forced to challenge the best version of us when we go out there and that's one of the scariest things for people to do is to not only face yourself and then you have to challenge yourself because that's really what it is you go out there you've become the best version of you and now you have to go test it against another person who's the best version of them when it counts when it counts and what's interesting though is what always happens after right like because when you fight what happens after you fight you still have to keep moving on it's not like that that this this challenge of becoming better versions of yourself ends with that fight just like anything else in life it all it always becomes what comes next so once that moment passes how do you overcome either the positive side or the negative side and let that transform you into the next thing 
because you can't just sit in that moment and go, okay, well, I, I achieved this and now I'm done. You might as well just go backwards if not have started, in my opinion. I think it's always about growth. Everything's about growth. And yeah. if we just accept, okay, <clears throat> I came here to get to here and that's it, well then, I, I guess that, that could be it for some people. But I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the people that, it, that achieve these, these great heights and still keep going because it's just, it's not about that moment of victory. It's about the process of what goes into it. It's a process of change. And I've seen the sport change so many times since when I first started. I mean, we went from it being illegal in, in uh, most estates, from uh, uh, the UFC becoming just global now to other major organizations coming up to even my own weight class. I was fighting in the pinnacle of the sport, which then wasn't even in the UFC. So it, it's pretty awesome to see this thing evolve. But then we see something like UFC 229, where in my opinion, it really doesn't help our our approach to making this thing grow as a, as a martial art. It gives all the people who already have negative things to say about it just more fuel and more ammunition. But that's my opinion. Let's get into yours, Chase. Um, let's talk about what everything happened first. Before we talk, because a lot of guys don't even understand what happened before yeah. the fight. So there was a whole incident with McGregor and, uh, and Khabib on a bus. Yeah. And McGregor threw a dolly through the bus um, yeah, and a lot of people got injured. Yeah, like what? What's your take on that? Well, what came before that was was Khabib and his team approaching Artem Lobov, who McGregor, you know, that's his brother. You know, essentially that Lobov is McGregor's brother, and Lobov was surrounded by Khabib's team and was, you know, I can't remember if he was actually slapped, but something happened that was. I think he was slapped. He was slapped. Physically slapped. So he was, you know, ganged up on, slapped, embarrassed. And McGregor heard of this and, and you know, in my opinion, he might have been on something, might have not been on something. I've heard some things. But either way, he and his boys came on a private jet all the way from Ireland to New York. And looking at the situation, I don't think McGregor planned to, to go there and throw a fucking dolly at the bus. Like, I highly doubt that. What I do think that happened is he came in. He didn't know what he was going to do, but he wanted to confront him. Things didn't go as planned, and he acted like an idiot in the moment and probably felt really stupid and, and regretted what he did, right? Because, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of McGregor, but I'm not a fan of everything that he's done. But I do feel like he obviously did not intentionally, you know, hurt these people on the bus. I feel like he acted in the moment. And that's what happens when you're, you know, when you're enraged. You make bad decisions and you're not, you know, you're not calm, cool, and collected. So, you know, leading up to, to the incident on the bus, that happened. McGregor, you know, he did what he did and he has to take, you know, accountability for that. And then, um, and then the fight, you know. But here, here's here's an interesting thing about it. Like that all happened, yeah. And there was really no repercussion for McGregor for for anything that happened. He got he got some fines, yeah, um, a but lot of as, fines. but as far if like if if Jared, if you would have gone and thrown a dolly through the the bus window and two or three people were actually seriously injured, pulled off the car. One guy got glass in his eye. One guy his head cut. Um, but he also got to keep in mind. Who's the money maker in the company? For sure. For so sure. I think that has a lot to do with it. So if he wasn't, then of course a lot of things would happen to him, in my opinion. At the end of the day, he can do whatever he wants. He's the shot caller. It, he can call the shots. 
yeah think about true. it i mean I he's he's yep. he's the guy so at the end of the day he doesn't give a shit because he knows the ufc needs him he's the biggest star ron is gone john jones is gone all these people are gone who's 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 the ticket seller that's mcgregor so and that, that that's absolutely true and you've got mcgregor's team that also feels because of mcgregor that they are above everything as well it's they because they're part of the connor team so they can do and say everything that they want yeah but in my opinion artem shouldn't have called he should have handled it himself if he was such a gangster dude i'm being honest that's that's some bs yeah. that that's my opinion he could have handled himself he didn't have to make a call yeah yeah it's i mean that's my opinion that's if, that is if, true if he's a gangster he, he don't need to do that he can have just done it right there true but we can't i mean a lot of people this is a side note but a lot of people are saying you know what happened to mcgregor why did he get in trouble he got in trouble don't get me wrong he got oh, arrested no, 100%. He, he paid millions of dollars millions of dollars in fines that's true that is he true. got taxed and dana white was not happy 100 no I, I agree and he got taxed so he got people that say he didn't get in trouble he did get in trouble let, let me ask you a question uh chase if you got slapped, are you going to call your brother and say, hey, I just got slapped, or are you going to handle it? I'm going to fight on the spot. Okay, then. That, me too. <laughs> so it's all about respect and, you know, it's yeah. just your pride. And, and for me, I don't I, didn't, I don't feel that he should have done that. But I mean, we don't know. I mean, do we know that Artem called him and told him, or did just McGregor find out and was like, fuck that, he, on his own? How can he find out? I mean, think about it. Well, I mean, you know, things get around. People, managers, I don't know. It's hard to say. But either I mean, way, that's yeah. kind of like... So that's the, that's the precursor to yeah. what, what leads into the fight. You know, They didn't do the whole typical um, media show that led up to the other McGregor events. No, I don't even think there was a countdown show. Yeah, no. They, they did like one episode of Embedded or something they, they like that. They always do the Embedded, but I was surprised they didn't do no countdown or anything. They didn't really do anything to really hype it. I mean, um, the UFC obviously used their platform, what happened in New York, to sell the fight yeah, I mean, for I sure mean, and, and that's what they do right you, now, you use any kind of promotional material that's going to come out there that's going to get people so, yeah. and it did what is i mean it sold like 2.4 million pay-per-views almost doubled the yeah. highest grossing i mean that's event. crazy so then we get to the fight um mcgregor and khabib uh it was entertaining you yeah. know everybody was knew it was going to go one of two ways it was either gonna khabib was going to get knocked out or he was going to take down McGregor, and it was going to be a long night for McGregor that was either going to get pounded out or submitted. Yeah, yes. That's exactly the way it went. He got mm-hmm. he got grinded yeah. and then submitted with a, a face crank mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't even realize. That's a real choke, too. Yeah. People yeah. are saying, oh, he, he, he's a tapper. I'm like, okay, you let your jaw get cracked on like that or cranked on while it's still choking you at the same time. On top of that, a lot of people are criticizing on McGregor, oh, this and that. I'm like, you don't understand. When you go against a high-level mm-hmm. wrestler, you're going to be so gun-shy. I mean, that's going to be yeah. so, like, it's going to change everything from being an amazing striker to a doesn't even look like you can strike. And you know a lot I mean? of people aren't even talking about how he was staying very composed, oh, being able did. to get up from the bottom. A lot of people say, oh, he wasn't doing anything. That takes a lot of energy no, to get a high-level grappler off you that other people can't get off. Yeah. And he, he stayed calm, technically got back to sleep. Yeah, he ended up getting put back down. But he did it again, stayed yeah. calm, composed, and that's not easy to do. And no, people was, are saying, oh, his grappling sucks. Like, no, well, listen. it doesn't. To be able to get up like that time and time again, yeah, that is hard. It is hard. And honestly, I was very impressed in, in McGregor's takedown defense round one. Right? Even though he eventually got taken down, that he showed like 
solid skills in, in his in his grappling. It, just with that single he, leg defense. He had to work for it, uh, Khabib. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, he had to take him down right away. He really worked for it and yeah. eventually got it. No, I yeah. agree. And I think, though, as the fight went on, um, Connor's power obviously gets less and less. Like, we've all been in the room where the later rounds go on. We're like, man, I don't have, I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. And I think Khabib felt that, too. Khabib might have been a little um, less... Uh, Less, um, less driven on his takedowns, like as it went on. But he also knew he did. Connor didn't have the knockout power anymore. Yeah. There was that third round where they were both standing right in front of each other, and he didn't care that he was standing toe to toe with Connor. I saw it a little differently. I saw, I saw, I saw Khabib slow down in the third, and McGregor get a little boost of confidence. I felt like McGregor mm. won the third. Oh, another note: he didn't kick at all in the fight. Connor. Yeah. Well, that's a smart thing. You don't kick a grappler that only wants those legs to take uh, you down. Well, he kicked a little bit. He did. He kicked a little bit. He I did. mean, he didn't. You know how you use those push kicks or the snap kicks mm-hmm. to the body? He didn't do that or nothing. Yeah. I feel like that. Those are one of his biggest weapons. Yeah, but it's dangerous when I mean, you know this. Like, if you yeah. put that in in a, in a wrestler's like stomach, like me, if I grab that, going down. Yeah, you definitely got to pick and choose the kick. But that's interesting that you saw that different. Yeah, I saw McGregor confidence go up in the third. I saw Khabib slow down a little bit, and I felt like McGregor won the third. Maybe but wasn't the third round where Khabib dropped him too? I don't yeah. remember if that was the See, third it was, round. It was or a not. right hand. Maybe it wasn't like an actual. He won a point, but I saw the mental switch. I, I saw Khabib slow down, and I saw McGregor get a little boost of confidence. I mean, when he got dropped, he was never out of it. Like his eyes were awake. He caught himself on the way down and popped back up. So it wasn't like a. I don't think it was like a, you know, I didn't think he got rocked like that. But, yeah, no, he did get dropped for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so as I mean, we've all been there, you know, when you are systematically getting broken down. Yeah. Right? And you're getting worn down, worn. It's not that you're out of the fight, but you, your tools are getting yeah. weaker and weaker, just like a choke, right? You're digging in on somebody's neck, and you might not get it the first or second time, but their neck is now not as strong. Just like when you take when you take um, volume shots to the to the chin, right? Oh, it doesn't even have to be hard it, shots. It adds, up. It adds yeah. up, and then all of a sudden one puts him away, yeah. and eventually that's kind of what happened in the fourth round with um, with the fight. Yeah, Khabib finally got to his back. Mm-hmm. You know, McGregor did a great job, but then just finally when you get in, and it's tough to get somebody off of you that really knows what to do there, and yeah. that was that was that he was made it. one mistake. And he made, one, he mistake. made one mistake, and Khabib capitalized on it, and he finished him. He, he did a great job, and then after that. All hell broke loose. Yeah, uh, Khabib jumped up. Connor accepted the fact that he lost, he lost and he sat there on the canvas. Mm-hmm. Which okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot he of there was a lot himself. of he just was thinking, you know, what just happened. That's it. Yeah. And then um, his corner started talking a bunch of shit to Khabib. And well, Khabib, we don't know the, the the process of who started talking first. Well, I kind of have an idea. I mean, if anybody, it would be Dylan Danis. It's not going to be John Kavanaugh or any other guys. Or was it Khabib first? Probably, yeah, I know that, Khabib that threw his true. mouthpiece, that and I don't know who, what, the, what, what the interaction was. I'm sure we'll see some highlights from the yeah. UFC and see exactly how it I mean, this, this thing is going to be unfolding for a long time. Lots yeah. of information coming out. Um, people that don't know, like Dylan Dennis is a phenomenal grappler, but he was kicked out of his uh, gym previously. Um, really? Yeah, he was kicked out of Marcelo Garcia's gym. Yeah. Where's that out of? Um, New York. New York. Mm. You know, so he was kicked out of there. Um, I don't want to speak on, on, on like something I don't know all the details to, but I know he was kicked out of that gym, and then he, you know, he's been doing his own thing. But he's not exactly a uh, a guy that um, everybody's like, oh, he's the 
He's the bestest of people. Yeah, yeah, and no. um, but he's a phenomenal grappler, and he, he clearly helped Connor with um, with his ground for the fight. But it was him that Khabib was going after. Yeah. Um, when this whole thing started, and so the fight starts, Khabib jumps over the cage, fight starts on the outside, the fight goes on the inside, and when this whole thing is all said and done, all it seems like to me, all of the blame and fault is being put on Khabib. Yeah, which, in my opinion, it it probably should. I mean, yeah, he, he I, I took think so that. Too. It shouldn't have happened inside the cage. I mean, number one, you got probably a lot of viewers. They were fighting, watching the UFC for the first time. He didn't need to do this. I agree. One, no. not at all. He didn't he, need to do any of this. He ruined his moment. He, he ruined, ruined it, it, man. And I think it was a big mistake for the Dana White not putting the belt on on Khabib. I think that was very disrespectful, despite what he thought was going to happen or not. Yeah. And they had a lot of fans, regardless. That was very disrespectful True. to Khabib, and it's very unfortunate. Yeah, and I, I think. It was absolutely not needed to happen. No, he um, already won. He won the fight. He, he already he had already won. You he guys won can handle this like later, yeah. you know. But we've all been in that motion, you know. Like when a fight ends, you act and do things that like are just completely emotional, yeah. almost almost uncontrollable. Where you see guys scream, you guys see guys cry, you see guys fall, and in the heat of the moment, things just happen at the end of a fight. It's just this raw motion emotion that comes out, and. It clearly, in I, I see it as it was stemmed from all the stuff that happened pre-fight. Yeah, but that is very true. I mean, you got, he's been talking about his religion, his family. I mean, Did he so talk much, about his religion? Oh though? my god! Like, yeah. What did he say yeah. exactly? Well, there was that one incident where he um, offered he, him a drink, uh, and he was like, "No," and he was like, kept pushing on it. I mean, that it was it's a it's a religious thing. Yeah, but he didn't say anything about his religion. Let's make that clear. Because there's a, it is a difference. I mean, saying something specific about somebody's religion is, or is offering him a drink is a little different. Whether the the intention, I just heard about that. I wasn't hundred percent. Yeah, so he, he never said anything. About I never heard him say. I never heard him say anything about Islam or or people that okay. are Muslim. Yeah, interesting. Once I hear a lot of people talking about he was talking shit about his religion, but I didn't see any I, I, actual evidence of that other than offering of the drink, which is really a well. The only tool. thing I'll say that it, maybe it wasn't against. Um, I know it was Ali. It was Ali. His manager, he definitely was calling him a terrorist. He was calling him, oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, there were there were allegations yeah. and things and like that. Talking about his son, yeah, he 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 attacked um, his son about him not paying child support, yeah, and where's he at with his kids. And you know, um, Khabib is close with, with him, and I mean, yeah. those are all, I mean, that's an that's an attack. And the terrorist the, comment, yes, and yes, those, those are pretty. Either way, they're personal attacks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, let's think about, like, two of the biggest things that create war. I mean, politics and, and religion. Yeah. And when you start bringing that into it, we're talking about the UFC and MMA getting to the stage and getting to the level of other major sports. Let's talk about soccer, right? You look at soccer. What happens during the World Cup with countries? I mean, they are completely backing their teams. Yeah. And then when a team wins the World Cup, they go absolutely nuts. I mean, look at look at the fights that break out at, at um, these kind of events. When when you go to let's say you uh, go to um, let's go to Europe, England. right? England. Yeah. If you get a team that is against against England, what ends up happening? Fights break out everywhere. Yeah. And now we're the UFC and MMA is finally getting to this point where countries are getting behind the fighters it's not just like your team or your city you are literally getting countries 
yeah. behind the fighters. International. International. Yeah. And when countries are now backing things, it's going to get to a much more prideful. exposed and prideful level yeah. when something happens, and especially when they start digging at um, religion and things like that. Yeah. I mean, people are upset that Khabib is talking about Putin, right? Yeah. He's not American. Like, he, he's, he's Russian. He doesn't have to, like, share the same things that we share here, like, with us. Yeah. And so he is very supportive of his country. Yeah. And so people are upset about that. And I'm like... Well, they're, this is the thing is you're allowed to say what you want to say, and you're allowed to feel what you want to feel. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line is yeah. I can say whatever I want, and you can feel any kind of way about it because that's your right, and that's my right. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can't make everybody happy. And, you know, at the same time, you can... Essentially, you can you can say what you want in this country for sure, you know what I mean. But you can't be mad if someone doesn't like it. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Um, and but it's funny now that we're talking about it, I could see how people can take what I've been saying as pro Khabib because the way the way I'm I'm actually um, defending certain things. But yeah. I'm also supportive of the fact of what Connor's done for our sport. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing too about Connor is I don't care what anybody says is. In victory or defeat, he has been humble, right? And you do see his true colors come out after the fight, even when he wins against Aldo or, or Mendez. Like, he, do, he does show humility. He does show respect. And in defeat, he, he's, been, he's been the same way. So, you know, in that sense, he is, you know, he does hype the fight up, and he, does, he goes a little overboard. Like, that's not, I would never do that. That's not, you know, that's not me. That's not my personal taste. And I don't, you know, exactly agree with everything that goes on before the fight. But at the end of the day, he does sell tickets and he is, you know, respectful and humble after the fight. Let me ask you this, Jared. Yes. Do you think it was right for them to only hold Khabib's paycheck and not McGregor's? Yeah. He's the one that did it. I mean, if uh, McGregor did, then, of course, hold his check. But he he wasn't involved, really. I mean, yes, he jumped the fence, but he was in a sense of felt like attacked. They, they started it. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about it. I mean, Khabib literally got out of the cage to attack somebody. I mean, he went full eagle, man. <laughs> <laughs> they even have those shirts now that are coming out that are saying uh, Air Khabib. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Did you see that, TJ? Yeah, I saw they, that. They, I mean, he jumped but off the I'll, cage. I'll tell you this. Double flying kick. I'll tell you this. Double flying leg kick to Dylan Danis's head. Yeah. Try to. Try to. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, I think he's the most gangster out of everybody. Who? He went by himself. Khabib? Yeah. And he that's the other thing, too. I think that's, that's if you want to call that guy right there is true gangster. He didn't have to come with nobody. He went by himself. That right there, I respect that a lot, but he shouldn't have done that with it. No. The biggest event of UFC history, and you just won against one of the all-time greatest in UFC yeah. history. In dominant and, fashion. In dominant fashion. Yeah, and good. He could have just ended it right there. He didn't need to do all that. Mm-mm. That's my opinion. He was doing all his talking inside the cage, and I feel like that kind of um, made, what's his name, a little bit maybe discouraged in a sense, being talked to inside the cage, being on top of you, and it's discouraging sometimes, you know. People don't realize. And I feel Khabib didn't need to do that. You know, we had a lot of new viewers watching the fight, and they probably... I don't know. It's just how do you, how do you think that this will affect the sport moving forward? I I don't think it's going to affect it too much. I mean, it sucks it happened, but now the UFC is getting that ESPN deal. 
Um, I don't know. What do you think, Chase? I mean, I don't think it's going to be affected in a way that's going to be, honestly, you know, that negative. I mean, there's going to be good. There's good publicity and there's bad publicity, but at the end of the day, it's going to be more viewers and more eyes. So in that sense, it, it you know, some people are going to love it. Some people love that stuff, right? I mean, the same thing happened with Mike Tyson and Holyfield. Yeah. And just made, what's his name, more of a bigger star. Yeah, I mean, are we going to blame? Mike Tyson. I think people you that are I mean? smart aren't going to blame so the sport of MMA for this. This is a something that somebody acted on. Nobody is nobody is 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 um condoning that behavior. Yeah, I think the sport has finally gotten to a point, the growth of it and the size of it that it's it's on a it's on a road that it's it's not going anywhere and it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that this only gave it more exposure. I mean, everybody in the world's been talking about it. Every time you turn on the, the computer, the TV, there's something on it. So people that weren't exposed to it are now exposed 100%. to it. 100%. And did you see yeah. uh, Khabib's post to Dana White about yeah. him? Keep my check. Mm -hmm. You fire my brother, and you can fire me too. Mm -hmm. And then you see 50 Cent. Yeah. He posted about introducing him. Hey, come over to Bellator. I'll give you a million dollars. Yeah, because 50 Cent is now in, in, involved yeah. with, uh, with Bellator. As yeah. a partner. As a partner, yeah. Yeah. Um, get the strap. Yeah, get the strap. It, but what's 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 what I think the most amazing thing about this incident is that now you can't deny that this thing is mainstream. I mean, you can't deny it now. There's so many more platforms that are out there that are now getting exposure because everybody is tuned into it now. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just last night I had three fights, three separate fights, all being recorded. I was watching the PFL fights, which were good, good fights. I was watching the Bellator fights and the Combate fights all simultaneously. And there was a boxing fight. There was, yep. yeah. And I was at another event with our amateurs. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's things going on all over the place, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing to see how far the sport has grown from when it was basically um, <laughs> like knuckleheads out there going with no gloves, no rules, to now it's on every single night. You can always find some type of fighting event that's on. Yeah. And like last night where there's multiple events, you have to pick and choose which one you want to watch. Yeah. I mean, more people are tuning into this stuff than anything else now. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, what I'm concerned about is that we all know how much we train. Yeah. We all know how much we put into the work. And I feel that we're, we're training as hard, as much, than, and maybe even more than some of these other athletes, in the professional athletes in the world that are making millions of dollars. Yep. Well, now this was it, this was this was the chance, I think, for us. I'm not not the only chance, but this this was a chance for us to finally get it out there, where these guys are making real money. Because a lot of people think they see us on TV and they think, oh my God, this guy this guy's making so much money. Yeah. And they really don't realize that the guys that are on TV are making just enough money to get to the next fight. I mean, they're like, oh my God, he made twenty grand. That twenty grand is gone fast. Yeah, I mean, you think also about keep in mind other professional uh, sports you're not paying for your trainers no but yeah but that's what I'm yeah that's, that's what my I'm point saying? though yeah. MMA you're paying for your conditioning coaches you're paying for your team you're paying for all these things so by the time that 20 40 grand that you made that night let's say you make a hundred grand split in half split in half well number one that's just the taxes and then everything else is gone by the time you um you you, you might be able to enjoy a nice dinner yeah I mean I mean the amount of time and effort and hours that go into it it's not you know it's not paid back but you know we all know this and we continue to fight because we love to fight 
but you know we do you know it would be nice for us to get paid nice. like these other athletes like we're watching football we watch baseball yeah. i mean in baseball you could you could bat 300 m- missing one of every three shot or three swings and you're making millions of dollars in mma you do that you're not making any money. You're lucky to make $1,000 on a local card. Yeah. I mean, you got other promotions that are trying to, to do that as well. You got Bellator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you got, you know, obviously UFC. Um, now you got PFL. That's the winner takes a million dollars home. Yep. And I'm excited to see how that plays out for the next season. I mean, that, yeah. I think that a lot of UFC veterans or other fighters may want to go there if that's where the money is. And yeah. I think that's what we're going to see from this is that, you know, McGregor was what, what was he guaranteed like three million? You had a three million dollar yeah. payday. Yeah. Khabib had a two million dollar payday, and I mean those numbers are unheard of for for MMA as of right now. You know boxers are getting that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I mean I will say it's only the, the very top elite, the top. the top top. You know we're talking the and top keep, one keep and a half the, two percent. Keep in the yeah. mind that's not including pay per view. Yes. 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 I mean they, when we're talking two point four million pay per view and you get a cut six, of that. Six, yeah. Probably what sixty. I mean even dollars. if it's a dollar. Even if one dollar, I think from for every paper from view, what I heard, af- after every two hundred buys, that's when they start to 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 get the money. After two hundred buys, from what I heard, wow, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I want some of that. And and see, like we've got, like I, I'm gonna go back to Bellator. You know, they're 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 finally they're offering real money to fighters now. Yeah, and guys are wanting to jump ship. I mean, they're offering Khabib, and Khabib, I'm sure he's trying to figure out ways to consider it too. Yeah. yeah, but I don't see that happening. I, 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 I mean, don't how, see it how, the, how can he get out of it? I mean, how is that possible? I don't know. Um, you mean, know, there's so many other things that go on where, like, all these things with USADA popping up now where yeah. they're, people are getting in uh, all these disputes. wants to get cut. Everybody wants to get cut. Yeah. And I think, like, with the rise of these other organizations, you got 1FC, that they're they're doing big Bell, things. Uh, what's the name? Once again? Brave. ACB, uh, Fight ACB, Night Global. Fight Night Global. Combate. Yeah. Combates, you know, you're with them. Yep. They're, they're, and it's funny, Combates was like this big Latin show. Now, they're bringing in fighters from all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see how the growth of everything is going to come because of this incident. Yeah. And then on top of that, you got Golden Boys now doing their first promotion. Oh, yeah, promotion Golden Boys. They are. Chuck Liddell and uh, Tito. Uh, that's right. So they're, they're, I mean, we'll see how that plays out maybe. Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Yeah. I mean, as a young fighter, it is more hopeful to see these other promotions going on even you know yesterday we were training here with diego brandau and he was talking about fight nights global in russia and was very happy with them yeah you know what i mean um yeah it's it's, it's definitely it's it's definitely an exciting I'm, I'm time i'm curious to see how that's gonna play out yeah with, uh, golden boy i mean there's a when, lot of when is that fight november because they got a lot of money i mean yeah, but I mean, we've all seen it from. You can have all the money in the world, but if you no. don't know how to put together an MMA no, but event, it's, it can't be anything different than a boxing event. Think about it. It's not know, much different. It's not. It's not. It's the On same a promotional kind of, standpoint. It's not. I mean, they're going mean, to advertise very, it. They're going to be successful. I mean, it's not like he's just starting. I mean, he's been in the game for a long time and has Golden Boy Boxing. On top of that, in boxing, they 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 don't really. Um, Give publicity to the whole card. It's just two fighters normally. They do that. Yeah. You don't yeah. really see. That's how they do in boxing. Yes. You don't know who the under guy card guys are. What's good about UFC? They promote everybody because they want to have different stars. It's going to be interesting, you yeah. know, uh, to see how that whole thing plays out. Um, I don't know. What? Where? Where do you? Where do you see Chase? Where do you see 
the sport growing to? I don't know. What I hope to see is a continuous growth in, in these other promotions and the money behind them. That's what I would like to see, and that's what I do see. Um, you know, the more the more they you know the more companies and promotions they get TV deals, the more money's going to come in. The more fans are going to come in, and then now we have the kids that have been training MMA since they were five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you're going to have yeah. each new generation of fighters that are coming in, and then with that is going to become you know more of the the average fans and and the people that normally wouldn't watch these fights just in the, in the growth of the sport and what is next for you for me i want to fight asap i am ready to take any short notice fight right now for combate so the last month i've been you know keeping my diet super clean um working through some stuff but i am ready to take anything right now because i truly feel that it is my time to fight right now that's awesome i'm not sure if you guys ever felt that you just these there's these periods where you're just like i need to fight now i've gone through every up and down experience through through my career and that's actually why i did that last fight yeah so that's awesome how can uh, how can people get a hold of you where, where can they find you on on instagram oh uh, you can find me on instagram chase gibson underscore 145 Facebook Chase Gibson and I'm on Twitter but my handle is something weird that I can't change don't even bother with that <laughs> right on um, thank you for uh, for your time my man yes sir uh, Jared yes sir what about you where um, where do you see the sport going and and where would you like to see it get to uh, I see in within 10 years it's gonna really be mainstream I mean every 10 years you see the sport at a different level and you see the competition at a different level um, I see certain fighters making good money I really do I really believe that and um, yeah alright and where can these v viewers listeners people out there get a hold of Jared Papazian uh, you can get a hold of me on uh, Instagram Jared underscore Papazian and on my Facebook there you go. What's next for you? Uh, taking the rest of the year off. Uh, it's been two years since I've last fought, and I'm looking to come back in 2019. Awesome. Well, thanks uh, as well for, for coming on, man. Thank you for um, having me. Had some fun. It's the first time we've had multiple people on it, so uh, I'm anxious to see how this thing, uh, this thing turns out. I'm excited. Um, TJ? Yes. Did you have fun? <laughs> 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 yes. It is interesting. I remember because well, we were talking about this whole stuff, and um, you were like, "What happened? What happened?" I didn't watch the fight. I, I was under the rock. I know. I remember. But no, you watched it immediately after you saw all the highlights and everything. I saw highlights. So, um, well, I think that's a good time for us to wrap on this. Uh, it's good to be back on on the air and and doing the show again. Mm -hmm. And um, you got anything else to close us out? I mean, it's a good show. It's good to have multiple guests. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, that'll be that. Stay tuned for our, our next episode. As always, live life as a champion. We out. Nothing, 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 nothing you could do. Straight up. There's nothing you could know do. Know the boy says. There's nothing I don't you know why do. you want to play with it. There's nothing you could do.